podcast. As always, to my left, I'm joined with Chris Latofa Reaper Films. Howdy, howdy. Howdy, howdy. Howdy, howdy. Come Usually on, it's just howdy. one howdy, and then it's two howdy. Okay. We're just multiplying now. What, what would you like me to say, Tom? Yeah. What's up? Or, there you go. Yo, 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 yo. Or, I think you started the show, the original, when you were saying, yo, yo. I think you used to say that, yeah. So, yo. Yeah. yeah. We used to do that. And to my other left, Joe Davidson. Yo, yo, what's up? Yo, yo! You like that? Yeah, that was good. Right. That was good. I've been invisible. I've been Yeah. Mm-hmm. What's up? What's up out there, people? Podcast land. <laughs> Wherever the hell you are. Podcast land. Shout out to Turkey. And Joe, we have a special guest today. We do. Uh, world renowned. Uh, world traveler. <laughs> uh, a Cannes Film Festival aficionado and the film commissioner of Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay. Kyle Rogan Olich! Thank you, Joe. I appreciate that. Uh, oh, we're confusing the Tony Armour for a second there. Yeah, yeah. Cannon in yeah. 10 years. <laughs> well, no, no, no one knows that till now. Yeah. Oh, well, sorry. I was talking about illusionist broken. <laughs> The haze is gone. Yeah. Starry eyes. Do you have enough coffee, sir? Uh, I do. So I didn't know how long the podcast was going to go for. So I've got like a bucket of coffee in front of me. Same. Yeah. <laughs> I gotta stop. We're we're sponsored by Dunkin' Donuts. Thank you. We should be. We are now. Yeah. I mean, I hope we are. They better send me something. I need some coffee. They better send me something. Yeah. Bring a coffee pot to the you know the studio. Why don't you have one here? I mean, I have a cough, but I'm not, I'm not buying a Dunkin' Donuts pop. Pocka-pocka-tuck? Pocka-pocka-pocka. Anyways, uh, sorry. <laughs> we get off on tangents. Yeah, we do. <laughs> yeah, that's it's right. I, I've known Joe a long time. I know I used to. Yeah, I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah. Well, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> this is an adorable face that people love, so... Uh-huh. Fun fact, I actually, when the film commissioner position was available, I actually applied for it. Yeah, it looks like it's him. And Tyler beat me up. Yeah, well, he has an education. No, 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 I, 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 uh, I didn't even apply. Even better. Even better. He has a, several degrees. Of and course. Knowledge. And I got nothing. Things. Yeah. Uh, they, they actually came to me, or the film commissioner at the time was, uh, was Dale Gordon, and she tracked me down. I was like, hey, you want a job? I was like, sure. Why not? Yeah. Health insurance is nice. I remember Dale. Oh, yeah. Health insurance is wonderful nowadays. Yeah, what's she doing now, I wonder? Is she still working at One Buck Place? <laughs> no, man. She moved uh, to Asheville. I don't know what she's doing up there. I think she's working with Chamber of Commerce or something like that. Oh, wow. Everybody's moving to Asheville. Like North Carolina? On there? MC. I know so many people that, yeah. that have moved there or are moving there. Yeah, a friend of mine just bought a house up there. I literally know... Probably like six people that have moved to Asheville in the last three years. Uh, all filmmakers? Crazy. Maybe it's incentives. I don't know what it is. Oh, what's, a, what's a film incentive? No, I don't know. Let's talk to Tyler about that. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a good, that's a good question. Do we have film incentives? Uh, uh, ask Tyler. Yeah. <laughs> Getting on, uh, well, it's not his fault if we don't. No, no. The film incentives are the, the, the dirty secret of, of the film industry. So it's not really an incentive. It's actually part of the financing itself. Uh, we just call it incentives to make ourselves feel better about it. Uh, but Florida does not have any of the most the nation does. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, why is that, you think? Is it just because of the politics in the Where area? Or it's... No, I mean, well, look. So Florida's been a Republican state for a very long time. 
Uh, it was started, the previous program, we actually had full incentives under a Republican governor. It was continued under a Democratic, or I guess independent governor with Charlie Crist. Uh, and it was going until 2015, and it just lapsed and no one put it back into place. So if you look at the, the states with the most lucrative incentives, they're all Republican held. So this really wasn't a political issue. It's an ideological issue, and right now in the state of Florida, the legislature that's in power right now just does not believe in incentives. They're not anti-film, they're just anti-incentive yeah. in general. Do you, do you think that's because we have Disney World and all these other things that bring people to the state that they don't really care about bringing film here? No, I mean, it's not really that. It's, it's more just a, an issue with our budget as a state. So we don't have a state income tax. Um, so we, we just can't print money. We have a, a finite amount of money every year for our, uh, our, our statewide budget. And we have a balanced budget agenda every year. So we can't you know, defer our spending to another year or, or run debt. So we have to have a balanced budget. So when the legislature is looking at how to pull the money, it's like Rob Peter to pay Paul here or there. And it's a real hard case to say, well, we're going to take money away from schools to give to filmmakers. Yeah. We're going to take money away from healthcare to give to filmmakers. The money's got to come from someplace. They just so can't it, raise taxes on it. Is it true? Uh, so it's, a, it's an issue. I understand where they're coming from and, and the idea behind not having incentives. But it's a shame when Florida was literally built on film and now we're not supporting it anymore. Yeah. Is it truly a debt if, a, if like an outside state production is coming here and bringing all this money to our community how is that a debt if it's well, it, it depends on, on who is in the governor's office and how they define economic development yeah so uh, for example when they're doing a, a return on investment scoring or audit of our, our film incentive program either the one we're, uh, we're trying to get past or the, our previous program they don't take into account film-induced tourism. So that's not a multiplier that they factor into the ROI. They don't include uh, 1099 contract hires. That's not factored in the ROI. And think about the film industry at large, how many people are contract hires? 95% of the entire film industry. Yeah. So all those jobs, all that payroll, it's not really factoring into the ROI. So on paper, because of the way we score the metrics, the film industry looks like a loss leader or a loser. Uh, unfortunately, they just don't take into account all of the economic drivers that film can bring. Right. Are there any are there any cities or counties in Florida that have incentive? I know Sarasota had it a while back. Well, Sarasota had a, a rebate program for a while where they would rebate municipal costs. So if you needed cops or a parking, um, I believe you had to pay for it first, and then after the fact they would reimburse you for the cost. But right now, there's really only three counties in the state that have some sort of incentive. Uh, Pinellas County, which is St. Petersburg, Hillsborough County, which is Tampa, and then Miami-Dade. Uh, so those are the only three counties that actively go after productions of a, a certain size and scale uh, that we give money to. The problem is, is that the county level, our pockets are not very deep. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think Pinellas County has around a million dollars uh, thereabouts to spend on incentives. Hillsborough County has about a half a million uh, and Miami Day, I think well, they don't actually have a cap, but they don't give away a lot of money. So there just there just isn't uh, enough dollars to be had at the county level to really incentivize projects of a certain level. Like, there's no way that Hillsborough County or Pinellas County or Miami can incentivize something like the Avengers, right? Like this is not going to happen. Yeah, you need a state to step in. Right. Yeah. Uh, now there's only so many film commissioners in the area. 
there's you for Tampa, Tony for uh, St. Pete with Tony Armour, and then I don't know who is in Miami. Does Orlando have a film commissioner? So uh, here's here's an interesting thing. So uh, whether people know the film commission is or not, we're basically in charge of logistics for, for productions, permitting for productions. Uh, we're, I guess, the DMV for filmmakers is the best way to describe it. Most states have a statewide film commission and maybe like a satellite chapter, like Georgia, for example, has their state uh, film commission in Atlanta and they have a smaller one in Savannah. Florida, because we were the number three filming destination in the world for a long time, we're structured very differently. So just about every single county in the state actually has a film commissioner or a film commission. So, um, I mean, unless you're talking like a, a Hardy County, which is, is, is so small, you know, it's, it's hard to find on the map, not to you know, be offensive to the Hardy County, but like most large or even moderately sized uh, counties in Florida have a film commissioner. So just anywhere you go, you'll find one. Oh, I didn't know that. Did you know that? I didn't. Now, when all the incentives were actually active, you said they ended in like 2015. What, what was the actual budget accountability for that? Like, what, how how much was the actual realistic figure that they were using each year that you know that just disappeared after 2015? So it was started in 2010. Uh, was when we launched our official film incentive program. I think it was for about 36 million dollars. Uh, and the program lasted through 2015. They actually ran out of money in 2014, but the program itself, as far as statutorily goes, ended in, in 2015. Um, and that helped to uh, incentivize tons and tons of films uh, to come to the state. At the 36 million mark, that's enough money to attract like an Avengers or a Transformers uh, sized movie to the state. It was nowhere near what Georgia was spending or Louisiana was spending. We were at least playing in the same sandbox. Yeah, absolutely. You actually have like a, a some of the fight in that. You have some yeah. fight to get some uh, some of the big producer uh, producers. Yeah, and then the, the divide is, is just crazy. Think about it. thirty-six million at the state level to Hillsborough County, which is what I represent, half a million. Like, there's just no yeah, there's just no comparison. Right. Yeah, and, w and why is it divvied out like that? Is there there's no reason rhyme or reason for how it's divvied out? Well, you I mean the old program, how it was given out? Yeah, like how did St. Pete end up with a million in Tampa? Oh, well, I, so it's it's goes to the funding. So right now, most of the incentives are coming from uh, what we call bed tax money, which is a tax that uh, someone visiting the state would see on their bill at a hotel. Um, if you think about St. Petersburg, they have a lot more hotels than Hillsborough yeah. County does, yeah. or Tampa does. Uh, in fact, they almost double the inventory of hotel rooms that we do. So they collect a lot more bed tax, which is why their budget is bigger. Oh, so when so you said that ended in 2015. Like, what? Why would like the infiltrator come here and shoot if there was we, no incentive? We, we gave the infiltrator a lot of money. So that was the the first year. Uh, the infiltrator, by the way, is the the Brian Cranston uh, film that shot in Tampa Bay. You had what uh, Benjamin Brad, John Leguizamo. It was a it was a decent film. Uh, but it was budgeted at, I think, $27 million was the budget. So, again, not like an Avengers-style movie, but it still had a very healthy budget um, for quote-unquote independent film. Um, but we gave them a lot of cash. We gave them a half a million dollars, essentially, to come and film in Tampa for two weeks. We only got the exteriors. Uh, everything else was shot in London. Um, but we, at least at the half million mark, were able to get them for a couple of days. That's insane to me. So you gave them a half a million to shoot here? For, for two weeks, yeah.
Now they spent two million dollars. So yeah. uh, at the time, it was a program where you know we audited their books afterwards. So we know they spent that money here. So you know it's a pretty good return on investment. Absolutely. And it's someone you know at at like the true independent level. Let's say a million dollars. Yeah. Right. Not twenty-seven million. <laughs> that's true. Really, that's not a fuck. To be true independent is like ten grand. Well, that's. I know that doesn't resonate <laughs> with you, Joe. <laughs> but uh. Uh, do you if it doesn't I, make dollars, it doesn't make sense. I don't know. Let, let me explain something, Chris. I started in 2007 right. making my first movie for no money. Right. I'm just a spot. I'm just. Uh, I can't do it. You can't do it. I can't do it anymore. I can't do it. But it's not sustainable. I'd rather make true, a profit. Yeah. Right. Well, me too. That's the goal. My point is, is that for someone <laughs> at the ten thousand dollar mark, there's no, there's no reason to try to get into. Incentives. You're, you're not going right. to. You can't get there. Of course not. Right. And then you. you Joe, so, well, I mean, I don't want to dispute you, but like, I just gave uh, a filmmaker in, in Tampa. He's making a movie for ten thousand dollars. I gave him twenty five hundred bucks. Yeah. Something. Well, that's yeah. yeah. All right. Fine. That's that's perfect. Mm -hmm. My point, uh, Tyler, was that you know, on the true independent level, you know, you're coming in with a million dollars. Uh, it it almost is. It seems like a lot of work to jump through the hoops of getting oh, yeah. the incentive. You're not wrong. You know, when yeah. you're trying to work and you got to fill out, it takes six months, eight months to get this stuff done. And guys like you, Chris, and myself, we're done with the movie by then. And right. we generally don't have the money to put up for staff to work on a project for eight to nine months to try to get right. this incentive back or, or whatever. Exactly. But also, that being said, I feel that we don't uh, the the way people look at incentives is uh, wrong. I feel that the independent filmmakers in the area feel that you know they're always trying to get film here. We need film here in order to work. We need film. They think the answer is getting giant Hollywood pictures no, here. I don't agree with that. At I all. well, me too. That's my point. Is they want to get these big budget movies in? Let's say The Infiltrator, twenty-seven million, and they think they're gonna they're gonna make work on it, work on it, make millions, and no. They're not going to because they, we don't have the infrastructure here, right. and majority of our filmmakers in the area, I feel, uh, struggle at uh, having the proper knowledge to be on a proper set. I don't even think that's it. I think they don't have the will to make their own stuff. That's the problem. Well, um, you know, most of the people here are more. I mean, how many studios have popped up in the last two years around here? I mean, I can think of at least five. And I don't know where they're getting – like, what are they doing? Are they doing commercials? Commercials, or commercials you, infomercials. Yeah, right. So they would rather do a commercial that's bringing money into their studio than go out and make a, a feature yeah. film. That's oh. going to take well, a hell of a lot of work, and you got to do it all by yourself. Well, well, that's where I started. I started doing commercials and all that stuff, and I was able to get enough funding to, like – you know, buy upgrade my computer, computers, upgrade my you know cameras. Yeah, now you have a podcast. And now a podcast, studio. full studio. Like like yeah. you you start with right. bringing money in, and then you build. It's like building capital, like working capital. That's what right. you're building up. But my my point is, Tyler, you, you probably see this every day, all day, where these independent guys are coming in trying to do these grandiose things, and you're just like scratching your head, going, "There's no way." <laughs> <laughs> It's frustrating. So, I mean, it's not just Tampa Bay, but I think Florida in general has uh, a misnomer that we don't have great crews. Mm -hmm. We have fantastic crews, but they're commercial crews. Yes. And there's just no way a commercial crew is going to work on an independent film or even a moderately sized 
uh, feature, you know, like, again, like an infiltrator is, you know, got a $27 million budget. That's because commercials pay three to five times more than the average rate, no matter what film you're working on. Right. There's people working on Avengers that are making less than some schmuck, uh, you know, lifting C-stands on a, uh, you know, three, four million dollar Budweiser commercial. That's just the truth of it. Right. So you have these independent films come to the area. Uh, I won't name any, but a lot of them are paying minimum wage or maybe ten dollars an hour max. It's usually off of a fourteen-hour day, six-day work week. And let's be honest, we've all done our film sets before, and I've done a ton of independent films. So do you, Joe. You're never working fourteen hours. You're probably putting in sixteen, seventeen, eighteen hours. God yeah. forbid. Yeah. Uh, and at that point, that's true. You know, unless they're agreeing to pay overtime, and they're usually not. You're actually making less than the minimum wage. So imagine trying to sell that pitch to a commercial crew that's probably making six fifty, fifteen hundred dollars a day in some cases. There's no way they're going to turn that down, um, especially when they have a mortgage or what to do. You know, they got kids. They got to pay for food and table. So that's a that is a hard. It's a hard thing to sell. Uh, and I think there's also this hype that the, the local media likes to do. I understand new clicks and, and newspapers are not doing great. So that anything that says, you know, film or, uh, or you know, violence or crime, somehow that drives clicks. So film in particular for Tampa area is a huge driver of clicks for a lot of the local papers. So we have a, a low budget film, you know, $400,000. It gets a ton of media attention. And everyone thinks that these big films are shooting here. They're not. They're very small films, and yeah. they're paying probably minimum wage or a little less depending on the hours they're working every day. Um, and those are not well-run sets typically. It's because you're getting, I don't want to say, uh, you know, the, the D crew working on it, but it's usually very inexperienced people who are willing to work at those rates. And that conflates the idea that we have bad crews because people are hiring people for less than they're worth. They're getting a crew, so they're not as experienced yeah. as the ones that they could be getting if they're paying a proper rate. So we get this horrible idea that we just don't have good crew in Florida, and that's just not true. We just don't have crew that would work on any of the independent films that come here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's certain wages that we have to, you know, actually have to take because, yeah, we do have, you know, food. Yeah, yeah, some yeah. people have full-time jobs, and, and yeah. I get it. And, uh, you know, but that makes it hard for the independent guys like us, to yeah. achieve their goals because you... Oh, totally. And, and, you know, going back to what you were originally asking, Joe, like I, I get uh, film permits or people calling wanting to talk about creating an independent film all the time. And I'm sitting there looking at their project and, you know, they have guns, explosions, uh, you know, airplanes, they need to shoot inside of an airport, they need to close down a stadium, they need... 50,000, you know, uh, extras. I'm just looking at this, like, this might be cool in your head. Yeah. It might even look good in the paper, but there's no way you're doing this. Like, what are you, why are you bringing this to me? And it's, it, it gets frustrating after a while. I wish people would write for their skill sets and what they can actually raise money for. Yes. Uh, that's the only way independent films actually get done. That's why a lot of people start in horror movies. Set it in a freaking house, man, where yeah. you don't have to have 40 locations. I know that's sort of pedantic, but yeah. the reality is, if you write a, a huge car chase and some explosion, you're not going to be able to get it done, at least not for the budget you're, you're able to actually raise. And that's just extremely frustrating, not just for me, but I think for any film commissioner in the state. No, absolutely. Everyone has those big dreams any, of movies. Any producer in the state who gets a project like that put it in their lap, where someone wants to say, let's make, you know, let's say make a motorcycle movie for no money, and they think they can have all these stunts and 
that kind of stuff. It's really frustrating because when you try to explain to these guys that, like, listen, they don't get it. You can't shut down the Howard Franklin and do a motorcycle race. You can't yeah. do it. Like, yeah. you need millions of dollars to back that. Yeah, you know, that's a great example. So the Howard Franklin, for, for those that are listening or not in our area, is basically the, the main arterial connector between St. Pete and Tampa and goes over to Tampa Bay. It's three miles, thereabouts. It is a huge, major freeway. Uh, it would cost about a million dollars to close it down. We've done it before. You need a million bucks to do it. That's cops. That's highway uh, patrol. That's you department of transportation. That's the permits. It's all the stuff that goes into it. So don't tell me you want to close down the bridge unless you have a million bucks for a location fee, because that's the minimum cost. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think we all have a script in our minds that you know have like these elaborate budgets, but we're just not there yet. But I know we each yeah. have like we each have a script, but we just know we're not there yet. <laughs> I have like twenty scripts. You got that uh, Yeah, no. <laughs> I just I was told it was twenty. Oh, okay. I just I can remember well. Oh, oh yay! Yeah, yeah, do five, okay. But yeah, I I, <laughs> I mean I've gone to Tyler a few yeah. times with different projects that were taking off that eventually didn't happen here, mm. you know. And some of them were pretty big, but they were uh, structurally set either like in one location, like a warehouse, yeah. or set in uh, the woods, or maybe three locations at the most. Yeah. You know, I'd, I've never tried to, like, go and, and do something super grandiose like that where it's... Like know, a locker room? Yeah, well, yeah, or, you know... <laughs> I mean, you're trying you're you're trying to do a naked nudie scene in a locker room of a Christian school. Well, I wasn't a Christian school. Well. <laughs> so, but, I've already spent I, four months trying to find a locker room for, like, three scenes. It's, it's really difficult to find a locker room. I, I finally <laughs> found one after four months. I finally found one. Um, but I asked Tony and uh, the other day if he knew Not any film-friendly <laughs> places, and he said, "Try some local gyms." And I was like, oh, "What a fucking genius!" Yeah. I was like, "Wow, why didn't I yeah. think of that?" After I had already exhausted all of my, you know, yeah, I, everything I that I knew, I'm literally I exhausted in the process it. right now of looking for a warehouse for a music video, yeah. uh, an industrial-style warehouse, and I don't think there's any available in. Tampa's out of them. They've all become condos. I mean, the best place in Tampa to shoot was Armature Works. And that's now like a food truck. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and and there, there was a ton off the Adamo right behind Igor City, and all of those have been bought up now. They're turning them into lofts or they're being torn down uh, for new developments. It's just uh, the price of progress, I suppose. Yeah, well, that's horrible. Find me a city that's collapsing. <laughs> you, you went to the plane ride to Detroit? I was just thinking about Detroit, I guess. Yeah, I know, right? Oh. That being said, with the project development and the fact that uh, the number one show on Netflix right now is called Selling Tampa, have you seen that show, Tyler? Uh, I watched the, the first two episodes. My wife is addicted to the show. Addicted. She's uh, it, it, it pulled some ridiculously big numbers for Netflix. Uh, I think that happened partially because it was it premiered over like the holidays so right. people were at home they had nothing else to do but binge uh, but they will definitely be back and that's a, it's a weird trend for Florida right now because we don't have say light and cinemas we have a lot of reality shows or unscripted series yeah. here it's because unscripted is not incentivized at all yeah well it, it, my wife is up to the point now where she's like she's like where are they shooting? I know you know where they're shooting. I was like, first of all, I didn't even know it was a show. <laughs> I didn't either. Second of all, How about I, Tampa Bay's. That's another one. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, right. So, 
Anyways, Tyler, any any leads you can give me to where I can take my wife on a tour through Tampa <laughs> to meet these women? My wife will. Uh, I will tell you that show. I don't know if they come back for a second and third season. I'm actually sure they will. I don't know what they're going to do because I think they exhausted just about every sports celebrity's house in oh, the Bay yeah, Area I'm sure. to show sure. off the first season. Yeah. Well, they can come to my house. It's not a million dollar home. <laughs> but they'll see some cool, like, props. Yeah. And by cool props, I mean, like, old, de- dying props that are decaying and, like, shit. Nice. Yeah. Nice. But what did that do for, for the Tampa? It's, it's going to do wonderful things to the Tampa Bay area, I would think. Oh, yeah, huge. I mean, uh, anytime you can show off the area in a, a flattering way, Dude, uh, even cool. if the, the on screen talent, you know, gets in some drama. It's still being shot in a, a pretty place with, you know, beautiful images of downtown, the waterfront. That's doing huge things for, for the market. Um, you know, Rhonda Shear. Rhonda Tom Brady's just been a, a, a godsend to Tampa area, not even for the Bucks, I mean, just for film and entertainment. Um, think of how many items that he endorses, whether it's, you know, Gillette or Hertz or he has his own yeah. cryptocurrency now he's pushing. Yes. Like, all of those commercials shoot here in town. He brought millions and millions of dollars to the area just by living in Tampa. Yeah. Does Diamond View get most of those? Lightweight. Uh, no, I'd say most of those are outside companies. Diamond View um, has their own clients. I mean, they have some very big ones, uh, like Hostess, Mercedes-Benz, um, Rusty Jeep, Chrysler. I mean, they have a lot of, of really good companies that work with them. Uh, in fact, Disney, uh, all Disney Cruise Lines um, commercials were shot at View Studios. Here in town, uh, you know they—I can't say enough about Diamond View. I mean, they took a, a fledgling company by a wedding videographer who created it, and ten years they're a hundred plus million dollar company. So that, that's a hell of a growth. Yeah, it's better than I've done. Oh. I mean, I have growths, but they're like I'm back. <laughs> well, under my arm. Yeah. Is that what happens when you guys get old? Yeah, you start getting shit yeah. going all over. Yeah, because you're fat and you can't wash so, everything. All right, I'm not fat. Well, you will be. <laughs> You're going to get old. Old people are fat. That's just what happens, man. We live off of McDonald's and, you know, fast food. So I actually don't eat any fast food. Shut up. Why are you, like, always... Per- what do you eat? Yeah. What do you, what do you mean, what do I eat? I have vegetables, fruits. <laughs> uh, I have smoothies I do out there. I love I love these red meat, but I, I, I eat about twice a week. Yes. What is it? Peanut butter chocolate? I can't do peanuts. I'm allergic. No, you like chicken. You like chicken? I like chicken. Like fried chicken? No. No. (laughs) I've never been to a Chick-fil-A. I've never been Uh, to... What? Killing me. Chick-fil-A. Yeah, they're my favorite. I mean, I I just... Gross. Chick-fil-A? Dude, they're so good. I've never been to a public either. This is what you're going to get at Chick-fil-A. You know you're going to get hot, good food. You're going to get a amazing service. You're going to get through this giant drive through in like five minutes, and your order is going to be correct. You know we're not sponsored by Chick-fil-A, right? And <laughs> I have an app, and I give all this free food all the time. This, this is amazing. what you get at Chick-fil-A. Oh, you get a bun, and chicken. one piece of chicken, That's all you and need. two pickles. That's <laughs> all $19. No. Maybe a half a square to manage. Yeah, maybe. Not even going to ask for it. And then they look at you what? like you're the Antichrist. It's like seven bucks. What? They're just like... Miss? <laughs> That's not an all buy I just need package. No, man. So good. Man. Who do you like? Checkers. Checkers? Yeah, because... Oh, check God. Checkers. Card, what? 
Yeah, well, one, know. if I need to go to the bathroom, <laughs> because that shit will run right through me, probably before I get home. There's <laughs> a good chance I'm going to shit my pants. Dude, the, the big Buford alone is reason enough to just end humanity. Like, that that should just be the universe saying, just end the experiment, we all need to die. Yeah. Uh, that should not exist. I man, it's amazing. With bacon. <laughs> oh, so good. Yeah. What are you, what's your favorite places? What are you? Because you're always like posting stuff, Tyler. You're out like you're like engine number nine, and I'm drunk at this place tonight. No one's playing shitty yeah. music. Up Tony's like, I, I, I try to drink and eat locally. Uh, though if you saw my car, it was just from the floorboards to the ceiling stacked with McDonald's boxes. Uh, <laughs> in fact, no one can actually get in my car because of it. <laughs> That's all right. I I respect that. Yeah. I respect that a lot. Yeah, I don't know. I, I yeah. just. For me, I just like I just eat fruit and stuff. I don't know. I don't really. I don't. Well, I have children. We don't time for fruit. I don't have time for fruit. I know who has time for fruit. Yeah. Fruit? I mean, I have kids. But I'm have a single fruit. person with a you're, cat. You're like. single with a cat and a and okay, this is how it works for me. A, a hostess box is ninety nine cents. A bag of grapes is eight ninety five. Right. Exactly. That's the other thing. Is like yeah. eating healthy is expensive. Yeah. Like, should I get this? Two for five quarter pounders, right? Or the salad for ten dollars? <laughs> like, yeah, I'm going for the quarter pounders. Yeah, give me two fillet of fish, yeah. special sauce, lettuce, cheese. My fish then, diet for the evening. Yeah, as much you guys talk about this stuff, you you imagine that we were sponsored, but we're not. We're not. We should no. be. You guys need to, you know, like pretty much this whole spiel. You should guys be pitching to uh, like Chick Fil A and McDonald's. They're not gonna give a shit about us. <laughs> It's true. Not gonna give a shit about us. Ciao. You know who's one of the uh, the largest film investors uh, in the southeast? McDonald's. The owner of Chick Fil A. Really? Wow. Does it have to be a Christian film? <laughs> uh, no, they're they're shrewd. Uh, so believe it or not, Pinewood Studios, the one in Atlanta, was originally uh, owned in large part by the, the Richard Caffey, who owns Chick Fil A. Um, if you look at like movies that he produced, it's everything from like Black Widow to uh, some of the Avengers movies. Like he's done a lot of movies. Wow! Oh wow! Interesting. And none of them are Chick Fil A in them. Fun fact. Uh, no, no, yeah, it's, it's weird. No. Uh, at the same time, he also donates the Koch brothers who actively lobby against film incentives, even though he's one of the, the largest you know investors. Well, you got to hedge your bets. You got to bet on black and red. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's funny because they, they lobby, actively lobby against uh, film incentives in all the neighboring states, but not in Georgia, where oh, the capital overseas are at. So maybe he's like building incentives elsewhere, drives yeah. business again. Right. It's all shady. Oh yeah, it's politics, man. And I can't wait to get into that. Yeah. Yeah, I'm wait till I'm about 55, and then I'm gonna jump into Tyler's seat. I've always wanted to work for Congress, but I don't have enough uh, that, that appeal. I don't know. Yeah, well, you, you have to be rich to actually work in Congress, yeah. not just because it costs a lot of money to, to run, but you can get paid nothing. Like you're, I'm talking like thirty-six, forty thousand dollars somewhere in that range. Why would you do it? Who cares? You can go work at McDonald's and make that now. Well, you could. You could. That's what I'm saying. So you either are so wealthy you just don't care, right? Because it takes up most of your day. Yeah. Uh, or you know you're just uh, naive and, and want to change the world, and then quickly realize you can't do anything. I just want to make for that power. You know. Yeah. My, my two it's, girls it's is power. either become very successful at filmmaking or win the yeah. lottery. Those are the two options I got. <laughs> really? And okay, I, play, crypto, right? I play both of those. Hey, crypto! You're doing crypto now, right? Yeah, I am. That's a thing. That's, that's, that's a sort of lottery. Are you doing some crypto there, Tyler? 
Uh, you know what? I was willing to Dogecoin like really early on, so I bought it when it was, I think, like seven or eight cents. Yeah. Uh, and then did that that huge run up to I think about twenty eight cents. Then I, I sold off and I haven't got back in it because it just crashed. Yeah. But I made a very nice profit and uh, you know. Yeah. On vacation, that was good. Yeah, everything kind of crashed over the weekend, but I expected that after Christmas. Yeah, this is a slow time for yeah. uh, crypto. It's going to build back up, though. Oh, yeah. Saitama yeah. right now just did a, a bull run up yeah. to, like, it was up 50%. I just sat in and watched a bunch of people sacrifice a bunch of money for this thing called PulseX and Hex. So I don't know what any of that means. <laughs> PulseX and Hex? Pulse That's a great band name. I know. <laughs> it sounds like witches. Yeah, we had a hex on strippers or something. Right. <laughs> on your pulse. Pulse. On your pulsating hex. It's called Pulse X. <laughs> and then, I don't know. It's who knows. I don't even know what I'm talking about. I don't even know. I think hex I, is the crypto on pulse of the exchange. But I learned that anyone can make a coin. Yes. Right? Anyone can make a coin. You can build it up on a blockchain, whatever the fuck that is. Uh, blockchain is like Ethereum or. or yeah. I'm already asleep. See, when I talk to him, it's yeah, just like... I'm already asleep. Like talking to the wall. No. no well, <laughs> my point was, is why don't we make... Tyler, you can come in on this with us, the, the four of us here, and we'll make a production coin, right, that that goes specifically for independent filmmakers. Like, and what do you mean? How do you make it uh, valuable? Uh, I don't know. However, fuck, other people make fucking coins valuable. How but do you they make uses for them. That's what we're doing, film. The but, use is production. But it has to be exchanged for... Exchange it for film. Oh, God. You know, that's a, a crazy idea, but someone actually tried that a couple years ago in Tampa. Uh, they made a movie called... What the hell was it? Uh, something Letters? I don't remember. It had uh, one of the actors from Vikings TV series. Anyway, they turned it into a, a blockchain release. Uh, and you had to actually purchase it using crypto, and you could only watch it through a crypto app. It was very interesting how they did it. Because that made more money, never went anywhere. Like, it was an interesting idea. That sounds like an early version of NFT. Yeah, that's what it sounds like. Well, that's basically the, yeah, it's close to it, yeah. I think that's the future of this low-budget film stuff, is people are going to start selling as NFTs. Uh-huh. Yeah, I don't even understand NFTs either, man. I'm trying to learn all this crypto, because I don't want to be behind the times. I mean, I, yeah. you know, and I, I consider myself a pretty... Dumb guy, so you know I'm just trying to learn yeah. as as everyone else is, and uh, we all started in the same in the same position. We just start reading and researching. Yeah, so now I, I mean I'm learning a lot about crypto the last like month or so, and I'm really trying to put money into it. I got I'm pretty happy with what I done with Shiba. I'd like to put more money into it, uh, but I mean I'm I have a lot of shares in Shiba, not as many as you do. You got like fucking forty million or something. Twenty. You have 20 million in 20 million. Shiba? Yeah. And I have Saitama. I have about a billion. And yeah. then I have... Uh, but the problem is is that that shit's not going to make any money for like another couple of years. Which is fine. Yeah. But that's, that's any, any retirement stock, man. I mean, you have to get away on it. Yeah. yeah. And Shinja, I have like one quadrillion. <laughs> so basically, I have to wait for it to hit eight zeros and a one. Well, I just learned <laughs> that like, like I, I, mean, I don't know how well you are versed in, yeah. in any of this. Well, anybody. You, Chris, tired. Yeah, but I didn't know like they they cap it off, right? So like Bitcoin's capped off at like what a trillion coins? Well, that they started with X amount of coins, and then they, they they put them into circulation, and then what you're doing, what people are doing, are mining for these equations that. Oops, someone's Tyler, gone. Did Tyler leave? Out. Oh, did you leave, Tyler? What happened?
I don't so know. Fuck this crypto shit. I'm He's out. He's out. Our field commissioner left. He's like, it's no longer about film. <laughs> I'm oh. gone. He got cut. Uh, I'm gone. How do you get cut? I don't know. Signal? Looks like something just failed. There it is. We'll get it back. He's coming back right now. There he is. It hey! Just, it just crashed. We lost you. <laughs> Did you know that? It said, it said the free trial subscription to Zoom that ended. Oh, wow. Yeah. Is that you? Well, I guess my credit card bounced. No. <laughs> no. No, we're on now. I don't know why. It's been... Today was the only day it actually had a problem. We, we, we talked on this for hours in yeah, one day. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, Interesting. Anyways, I don't know where I was. We are talking about crypto. Yeah, it's boring. Yeah. Because you don't want to understand it. I do want to understand. I want to make money, bro. Oh, well, we all want to make money. You know money. what I mean? Like, that's why I go and get investors and make movies. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know? Now yeah. I need to find investors to put into, into crypto. Yeah. Make money that way. Yeah. I'm pretty good with that. We should make a movie. Yeah, did, you, did you look at that uh, Kevin Smith film that shot down here? Kilroy was here? No, I'm bitter about that because I know everyone who worked on it, and I asked yeah, I asked the, the line producer, who we all know very well, to get me on it, and he was like, oh, I can't get you on it. I was yeah, like, shut the, the shit fuck I got up, too. dude. Fuck off, man. <laughs> well, they could not get it distributed. This is a Kevin Smith film, so I probably said something right there. Yeah. Uh, so they have tried turning an NFT, and I, they can't sell that either. So it tells me something was probably really wrong with it. Yeah. Well, I mean, oh. I, you know, well, you know, like I just did a movie last year that I was trying to shoot here, you know, Sorority of the Dam. And you know, one of one of our good friends, who's I I consider uh, the upper echelon of the film community here. You know, he he looked at everything, and him and and another good friend of ours. Uh, you know, they were like, "Listen, this can't be done here, man. You're gonna have to take this and do this somewhere else." And you know, I did. We we went out to California. We shot sorority out there. And but he, he didn't have a lot of money for that. He had, respectively, you know, more money I think you ever had for a future, yeah, if I'm not mistaken. Million, but, a million dollars. Yeah, which is amazing. And you had it was perfect confluence of, of just timing, right? Yeah. I mean, you had a million bucks during a pandemic. Right. You were able to get some of the best crews available because no one else was working at the right. time. So in LA, that was just a perfect storm, bud. Yeah. Uh, I man, I can't even I can't even say like how synergistically that was some amalgamation of like the perfect storm, you know, like you're, you're hundred percent right. And, and it really, I was sad because you know me, man, I've been, I've been wanting to be the fucking big shot here in Tampa since like 1995 when I started doing yeah. improv and shit. So to take my biggest budget yet and have to go to like California to do it, that, that was kind of upsetting to me. I really wanted to, you know, I still want to be that guy in Tampa. I still yeah. want to be that guy where I'm like, People will be like, yo, Joe lives in Tampa. Fucking, let's do all our horror movies out in Tampa. You know, I'm still working towards that, Tyler. <laughs> help me! <laughs> but help me, help you, help me. Then these other guys, I can't even get to fucking talk to me. You know, like, um, the, these other producers in the area who are making these bigger movies and, you know, uh, like uh, Restaino and those guys. Like, they won't even answer my emails. Like, they won't even... I met the dude, I shook his hand, and he blew me off like I was a fucking nobody. And I'm just like, okay, cool, man. That's all right. I don't. That's how it is here, man. Yeah. Everybody's it, by themselves. <laughs> so it's. Everyone knows better. You know. Everybody's got their little clicks. But, I mean, he's successful for staying. He's, he's becoming a giant fucking producer. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
So, but that's not to say that we're not going to come in behind them and fucking just crush crush it. You yeah. don't know, man. Well, I mean, we but it's, it hurts because you're trying to also yeah. build it up, and you and it's. I feel like uh, you're you know you're. You're still not good enough. Well, you know, a lot of times it's one, it's, it's luck, and, and two, it's also making money. So you turn a profit for the first time on a feature, and I think you're going to with the sorority. Yeah. Uh, that just all of a sudden you're in a, a different league altogether, and people that were picking up the phone for you yesterday are picking up your phone for you today. Yeah. Um, you know, look at, look at Joe, and I'm, I'm friends with Joe. He's done a lot of a lot of movies at this point. Yeah. But this year he has three films that are probably going to be nominated for an Academy Award in yeah. some categories. Yeah. That's just pure luck. I mean, they took a chance on Pig, yeah. which, uh, if you, you look at the trailer, you're thinking, like, Nicholas Cage is chasing a, a, a pig. This looks insane. I would watch five sudden, hours of most that. critics' top ten films of the year. Uh, <laughs> they just did Passing uh, with Tessa Thompson yeah. for either Amazon or Netflix. Yeah. That was nominated for a ton of awards. And all that was just taking chances and risking, you know, all of those could have been bad bets. They just turned out to be good bets, and now all of a sudden he's in a different league. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. Just takes one. Yeah, that's, that's all it is. Sometimes that's all you need. Just one, and then you're just like, and then you retire. Right. Yeah. Well, wouldn't that? Well, I don't want to retire. No, I'm saying if you. Need. I want to be a side. I want to be a thorn in Tyler's side forever. <laughs> forever. <laughs> I want the next film. I just wanted to be like, oh, I don't know. I got to close half a tap it down because Joe's making a fucking horror movie. I don't know. <laughs> uh, now, do you also write scripts as well? Do you have any script that you do or produce or anything? Not in a long time. Since I, I moved out of the film commission, uh, I got out of the, uh, the filmmaking business. But Joe's worked on a couple of my features in the, the past. Oh, yeah. Uh, we, we've done, done quite a few. But, you know, I did... Somewhere Junior with with Amy Watson, Matt Dillon, uh, Spring Breakers, uh, ton of crappy horror movies, a lot of stuff over the years. But then healthcare sounded really really good, so I was like, hey, I'm gonna go there. Hmm. Uh, I, I why does horror have such a stigma? Like everything is like you just named all these movies, you like yeah, crappy horror movies. Like why? Because you weren't that crappy horror movies. No, okay. uh, uh, it was a good horror movie. I told you it was. No, this is not a good horror movie. It just seems like uh, when you're trying to find locations or a producer or whatever, and the person asks what kind of movie it is. Like I sh- like when you say it's horror, they shut down. Like it's it's. I find the opposite. When I really? say yeah, when I come, yeah, it's unbelievable. Yeah, I think most people actually enjoy horror movies. That's why it's usually a safe bet for an independent you know, film maker because yeah. you can make it for not a lot of money. Right. You're probably going to turn a profit uh, as long as the the minimum guarantee at the end of the day is is, is a decent one. So uh, I think most people they like horror movies. I mean, if someone came to me and said, "Hey, can I shoot in your house?" I told them no because I know what goes into it. But normally, I'd say, "Okay, cool, horror film, sure, that sounds great." Okay, yeah. tell me now. Maybe they just look you up, Chris, and be like, oh, this is late, though. Yeah. They did this movie, and these movies now. Oh, is this up. Reaper film? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That could be it. Yeah. All right, this is Chris Lighto. Um, wait, I looked your IMDb up. Nope, we're not doing it. <laughs> I remember. Well, could be a you problem, Chris. Do you remember <laughs> uh, a, uh, a two-day production meeting we had for a, a, a period piece movie where you had to go rewrite the entire budget on the fly? Uh, I did. What was that for? Journey into Hell. Hank? No, Journey into no, Hell. No, it was for the, uh, the second one. In the, yeah, 1990s. Journey into Hell. Journey into Hell, thank you. Yes, yeah. I do remember that. And 
and that's a prime example that I live my life by now because that guy had all of us convinced that he was giving us $5 million. And then he just disappeared, man. Didn't have any money. Uh, we had a two-day fucking meeting. We brought – he flew people in from Seattle. Uh, we uh, – our production designer came down from New York. We sat in a room for two days discussing this entire movie. Everybody had presentations. Everybody. The production designer, the visual effects artist, the, uh, the practical effects artist, uh, on what we were going to do with this dude. He tells us he's sold. He's going to give us $5 million on Monday and then ghosted us forever. Jeez. Turned out to be Didn't, didn't he show up to his front door naked? Yeah, to try to get a check. Yes. When I went to his house to meet him, he was fucking naked. <laughs> That's a good story. <laughs> and I, you know what's funny? is like he, he opened the door. He's like, yo, I'm naked. And I was like, I don't give a fuck. You're giving me $5 million. Like, I'll get on my knees. No, I wasn't it. even fucking going to do that. I punched <laughs> it through this pool. But it never happened. It never happened. This dude turned out to be such a fuck. He's not even on, like, Facebook or anything. I, I tried looking him up, man. He's, like, ghost and gone. He's got a daughter. She's on Facebook. But he's not. What a fucking... Like, like was the house at least nice? No. You know, it was fake. It, it all seemed fake to me. His whole house, his mansion, it all looked fake to me, like a front. Hmm. But that's an example that I live my now. That lesson taught me how not to listen to some investors right. because some of these people just want to play the fucking game. Yep. They want to yep. take you out to lunch. They want to talk about what they're gonna do. They're gonna do all this shit for you. We had Chris Evans on board. Remember we went, met with fucking. Uh, Chris Evans' manager and shit, and he yeah. went down. Dude, that was before Captain America. It was. It was. I mean, that was back when we had a $5 million movie, though. Yeah. And, and to your point, you know, when you were making Shorty, you had a million bucks. That was the absolute correct budget for that movie. Right, exactly. You know, and, and uh, During the Hell, it was a period piece, man. It, yeah. it was effects heavy. You need $5 million minimum. Yeah. Ooh. And it would not have been worth it to have made that for less. No. It, well, yeah. And you know what also, though, Tyler? I don't think I was ready. I don't think I was ready. You know, it would have been nice to have it, but I I, was, I didn't have the right team in place. You know what I mean? Yeah. Not, not you guys, but other people on that team, they weren't the right people. Yeah. Yeah, you a few know? years ago, I had, a, I had a movie, we had a quarter million dollars, and I had Sean Patrick Flannery on board to play a detective in it. Nice. And we had the whole cast set, locations were set, and I was with Brandon Hyde, and we, he was going to be the DP, and we were at our last location in Sarasota, we were scouting it, and we're walking out, and I worked two weeks from shooting. Yeah. And the guy calls me, and he's like, yeah, we lost our investment. I'm like... What does that mean? <laughs> He's like, yeah, the bankruptcy court in New York froze this guy's assets and he can't get the money, and that included the money we had. And I'm like, so what does that mean? Like, what are you <laughs> saying to me right now? Yeah, we lost our budget. Yeah. So now, whenever somebody's like, I won't do any work until I see a check. Yeah. There's no freaking well, that's way. The way I mean, lesson learned. Outside I mean, of the deck and lesson. the proposal building and the meetings with the investor. Yeah. You know, but now I, because of things like the way that Journey went and the way that I went up to Alaska to shoot a movie, this guy was going to give me money, and I went up there, and then I'm in Alaska, and he pulls his money out, and it's like, okay, you know, all right, 
But mm. now, because of those experiences, man, I, I now know that, like, I know when I'm talking to an investor, I got key phrases I use, and if they can't answer those... Yeah, I wouldn't get out of money and or wouldn't get out of bed in the morning unless money was put in escrow. Like yeah, it has to be a bank yeah. account that I can actually see. Yeah. I need to be able yeah. to access the funds before I do anything. Lesson learned. Yeah. yeah. You get a lot of um, you know, GoFundMe type of movies that that get projected. They're like, okay, let me match this. Can you, is there anything that you can help us with on the on the side of that? It, like they'll match the GoFundMe, or whatever. Tyler. No, I mean, I get a lot of requests, so the truth, yeah. people that want us to help promote GoFundMe campaigns or uh, somehow use our incentive towards that. And then a little bit of vetting and some question asking, and they usually disappear immediately. So that's just a, a minimum threshold you got to meet guys, yeah. and they can't do that. So yeah. they, they disappear pretty quickly. Wow. Very strange. Yeah. And what, what are, how's Tampa looking for this year? How, is there a lot of projects coming in? I, I mean, it's hard, it's hard to say. Uh, commercials, yes. Last year we did over 580 commercials in Tampa Bay, uh, which honestly is some of the best numbers in the country as far as commercials go. Uh, it's insane how many commercials we're doing. Unfortunately, on the, uh, the TV series side, just nothing. Nothing's going to shoot here except for reality. And yeah, reality's not incentivized, so we got a ton of, of unscripted shows that are, are either in the process of filming or should be filming here this, this coming year. Uh, it's really the independent scene that's it's keeping the, I guess, the, the lower-tiered crews working here in Tampa Bay, and those are your you know, lifetime films, your, your Hallmark movies. Yeah. Those are going to keep shooting here. Um, and it's less about the incentive and more about what film provides. So Hallmark, for example, largely shot in Vancouver for everything, but audiences started noticing the same locations were popping up in movies, and that became a big problem. Uh, they tried uh, going to, uh, to North Carolina, thinking it would be sunny. Uh, their production schedule was so quick, it does not look sunny. They need some place that looks metropolitan and looks fun, sunny, summery, so they're having to come to Florida one way or the other. Yeah. So I think that will continue to be the case. Miami's Probably too expensive for their budgets. That's why they're looking on the west coast of the St. Pete, Tampa area. So I'll keep going. I think we'll probably have another four or five movies this year, Joe, in that range. And when I say that range, it's somewhere between half a million and a million dollars. Right. No more. Right. Mm. Right, 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 right. They just had that Hallmark in Dunedin, didn't they? That, they were shooting, shooting one of those. Well, it was not a Hallmark-branded film, but it was a... a Movie shot intending for the Hallmark audience, that makes sense. So they were trying to yeah. sell it to Hallmark. I'm not sure if they did so, it. So uh, a dramedy, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. That's horrible. yeah. Taste of Love, I think. Hmm. That none of us have name of it. None. Of, who knows? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I saw Hallmark bad. on it. I just I immediately in my face and walk away. You know how when I say horror and people deflate, that's when they the same way say Hallmark. Hallmark. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's oh, I don't care. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Hallmark. Okay. Well, Jed, are you going to be shooting more of your uh, your, your show? South of Central? Yeah. I'm trying, man. I haven't really... We shot the one episode for season two. I haven't... Uh, I've got the whole thing written, but I'm looking... I'm, I think I need money for that, man. Yeah. I don't think I can convince I anyone do. to come on board. I do too for my show, too. I have three episodes written, but yeah. um, I'm just... Like, I got to yeah. find our locations and stuff. Yeah, I, I, you know, I mean, I shot the first season pretty quickly, uh, pretty amateurly, you know. Yeah. Uh, and season two, I'd like to be a little bigger and a little better, and I'm up to yeah. some money behind it. But I haven't had a chance to even focus on finding financing for it. Uh, 
because you know we're doing sorority. Yeah. Now I got signed to a publisher, so I'm working on uh, this book I was at. It's four days late already, so you know I missed my publishing date, which was four days late, and you're sitting here. I know, I know. Uh, <laughs> I only got like three chapters left, so I'll push those out by Friday. Okay, uh, that's good. Yeah, so you know, but my goal is to always be here and shoot movies here and my shows here yes. and all that shit, uh, which is you know, because um, I love it here, man. This is my Same. this is my fucking Same. place, man. Yeah. Yeah, but at some point you do need money, man. I mean, that's the no matter how passionate you are about something, you can only trade favors so many times before you run out of favors, you know. And it just doesn't match the the quality that should be in your head, you know. You right. imagine it one way, and it just never comes out the, that way because you don't have the cash to do it, right? Right. Exactly. And you can't, you know. Eventually, you start to realize, like, I, you know, you need a, a more professional. Um, Sound guy, and you need a, a more professional gaffer, and you need uh, a better location, and a production manager, and a line producer, and money's involved. And you're probably going to need insurance, and you're probably going to have to make sure that your, you know, your crew's not going to fucking shoot somebody. You know. Yeah. So. You know, it's made me think of something. Uh, a lot of these independent filmmakers come to me. It's like, oh, we're shooting sizzle, you know, to try to get investors. That is the absolute worst idea uh-huh. ever. Because uh-huh. you're going to trade favors to get a mediocre product. And let me tell you, investors, I don't care who you're talking to, are the least imaginative people on the planet. So whatever you show them is exactly what they're going to see in their head. They cannot imagine it being any better than that quality. Yep. So unless you can shoot a sizzle at the same quality level as what you want the actual film to look like, i.e. a million-plus dollar project, do not show it to anybody. Don't waste your fucking time because the investors will look at that and think, oh my God, you are the most mediocre filmmaker I've ever seen. Why would I invest in this? It's just terrible. Right. Yeah. They wouldn't be spoon fed. Well, here's what I've learned about investors who are real investors and will give you real money they don't care about the script. No, they don't. It's they an investment. It's an ROI. They mm-hmm. don't give a shit. They want to know if they can make money on it. Yep. And they don't care. You got a nice, fancy deck that looks good and it's got some ideas in it? Perfect. What's the ROI? Yep. Are you making line. money at it? All right. If I give you this much money, how much can I make? It's it's yep. that's it, man. And every investor that has ever given me money, and I'm talking from seventy grand to a million dollars, they've never even looked at the script. Yep. No, they, they don't. They don't care at all. Yeah. It's it's literally uh, we can put this into cryptocurrency right now. Right. We'll give you a couple of dollars. Right. Let's give you a greater return over right. a shorter amount of time. That's the fastest return. Yeah. Yep. What's the fastest return? Well, yeah. I mean, two years or fucking twenty in crypto, or are they gonna buy another real estate? And right now, real estate in Tampa is becoming really hard to acquire. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, it's becoming really hard. Low inventory, expensive. In fact, that's why we got our million dollars because they were tired of buying real estate. Mm. Right time, right yeah. yeah, right time, right money. Yeah, <laughs> that's how that happened. No, yeah. it's fun. I guess. Well, you got any recommendations, Tyler, for uh, you know? Uh, for the independent filmmakers out there and what they can do to try to achieve their goals? Yeah, it's something I, I hate telling filmmakers. If no one's going to see your movie, you didn't make a movie, you made a home video. And that that is, is tragic, but that's the reality. Yep. So don't try to make a project that doesn't have a path 
to actually be seen. It doesn't have to be successful because uh, sometimes that's not the ROI of an independent filmmaker, right? They just are trying to get their work out there. But if there is no path to it actually being seen broadly by people, then don't make it, stay away from it. So what does that mean? Start looking at channels and what people are actually purchasing. So if you look at um, uh, you know Amazon or Hulu or Netflix, they have a ton of super low budget independent films. They'll be crushed by the algorithm, right? Uh, it'll never show up in someone's you know recommended lists, but at least you can share a link to somebody and they can actually view it somewhere. So how do you do that? You start looking at what's selling at AFM, see what's selling at NatP, see what uh, Netflix and Hulu whoever bought at the Cannes Film Market. You know, target towards that. If you want to make a romantic comedy and no one's buying romantic comedies. Don't make a romantic comedy, if that makes sense. Uh, and you, you see so many people mis, misjudge the market. Uh, there was a time when horror movies did not sell at all. Think about the early 2000s. Uh, it just wasn't there. Same thing, early 90s, too, before Scream sort of reinvented the slasher. Horror films had just taken a nosedive as far as sales go. So you've got to actually read the market, see what's being sold and purchased, and then try to write something that fits that genre uh, and take note of what people are purchasing. If all of a sudden you see a, a glut of, of kids' movies of dogs, probably stay away from dogs uh, and children in general, but you know, that would probably be a better bet than making a romantic comedy or a horror movie if no one's buying horror movies at the time. Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, it's just it's simple things like that that people just don't think about because you're so trapped in your own head wanting to make something. Again, if no one sees it, what the hell did you make? You made a home video. Let's so start there. there. Let's Next, start. absolutely write to what you are able to actually perform at. So if you know you have access to a creepy house, write something to fit the creepy house, right? Don't write something in your head that does not necessarily exist or you don't have access to readily because you're not going to have the money to get it or build it if you don't. I was just talking so about that. Just simple things like that. Absolutely. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. That actually brings me to my segue for our sponsors, IndieMovieScreen.online, uh, the filmmaker online distribution website where you can actually stream movies, buy movies, and rent movies. Uh, so we have launchmoviehaven.online as well as for launch movies, exploitation movie database. Um, basically the same thing. It's an online distribution website for streaming, viewing, and renting movies. Launch movie online. Hey, where do you? All right. Where do you? For, like, how do you know what AFM is purchasing? Like, what's the best way to find that out? Oh, geez, just pick up the trades. So whether it's AFM, NatP, or. Uh, or can during the actual course of the uh, uh, the trade show, mm -hmm. they have daily, if not hourly, publications in Hollywood Reporter, Variety, um, uh, Screen USA, uh, Real Screen locations. Like all of the big trade magazines are covering these conventions heavily. And if you just go on the websites, literally they're showing what's buying, what it was purchased for, all these things, mm -hmm. uh, minute by minute. That's great info. Absolutely. And do you do you recommend going to AFM if you had a project that was finished and you're looking for a buyer? Like, is that something that you need to do? Is go to AFM to try to get it bought? Not if you're cold calling. So if your entire sales strategy is showing up in a clown costume to sell your clown movie and walk the convention floor and try to get noticed, you're not going to sell shit. Mm -hmm. uh, you need to actually go to these conventions with meetings in mind that are already pre-scheduled. Right. So you know all the distributors are going to be there. 
make sure if you're going to go to a NAPI or a, uh, an AFM that you've reached out to all these people who are going to be there, have set meetings and schedules because you get nothing done in the trade room floor by itself. You have to have those schedules pre-approved. Right. Would you recommend a uh, sales agent? No. Uh, I, I honestly, I, I wouldn't. Um, most, let me put it this way. If they're going to ask you for a bunch of money and it's not being sold on commission alone, that is not the person to get in bed with. They're going to travel and have a really good time on your dollar, uh, and then you'll see no money back because they're going to expense you after the fact saying, oh, well, you know, I made the poster, I did this, I did that, and they walk away with a check and make nothing. So I think a lot of the stuff, especially at the independent level, you can get done and negotiate on your own. And then once you've gotten to a, a, you know, a, a more appropriate sized production, like a half million, million plus dollars, then you can start thinking about sales agents, and a lot of time those are prepackaged by the actors that you've hired, um, and the the actual agencies themselves can help sell your movies without having a, a salesperson involved. Hmm. I had a sales agent once tell me that I wasn't the lead in my own movie. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. How did that work out? I, dude, it was the craziest conversation I ever had with anybody. Uh, he was a I don't know if he's still in the area or not, but he was pretty big in the area doing doing sales. And he saw a movie I did called his Nightfalls. And uh, we were standing outside talking to him. And uh, I he's like, uh, he goes, uh, he goes, what'd you have to do with the movie? And I was like, I wrote it, directed it, and I star in it. And he goes, you're in it? And I said, yeah. He's like, no, you're not. And I said, yeah, I'm, I play the deputy sheriff, dude. You're at least two-thirds of the film. I said, I'm, I'm the ranger. And he's like, you are? And I was like, yeah. He's like, that's not you, man. Are you wearing the skies? No. I mean, I looked like Groucho Marx at the time. No, I was fucking just standing. And I looked at him, and I said, what are you talking about, dude? And I was like, that, I'm fucking in the movie. I just walked away. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I've gone to a lot of these conventions, man. Uh, PR especially. And you see sales agents that are just enjoying a vacation on someone else's dime. Uh, it's amazing uh, the scam that a lot of these guys put out. Um, so if you're if you're under half a million dollars, do it yourself. Um, there's definitely means uh, and ways to, to sell a movie and make a couple dollars. Uh, you're not going to make a fortune off of it. You'll get that out of your mind. You're not going to catch lightning in a bottle like a, a Blair Witch. But you can do it without putting up with the bullshit that a lot of these sales agents do. Yeah, that's, that's true. Like, it's better to just – not only that, but you're talking to the purchaser uh, directly. You, there's no middleman. They're not going to hide fees. You know, you get like you said, man. You get these sale agents, and they're like, "Well, we spent thirty-five thousand just on posters." <laughs> How? It cost me a hundred dollars. I made it in Photoshop. What are you talking about? That's a distributor, man. Like, yeah. Yeah. That yeah. yeah. honestly, though, is is uh, going back to posters. So don't discount the marketing materials that you can create and generate while you're making your independent film. Right. That should be 
being done simultaneously with your productions. Make sure you're getting high quality set photos. Make sure that someone's actually doing graphics for you so you have a package. Make sure you're not an idiot and can actually uh, yeah, pass quality control for the distributor. That's one thing I see people really screw up on is that they've made their film, they're trying to sell it, and they don't have the bare materials yeah. needed to actually sell it. So someone's offering you a check and you're like, hey, you know, if you pass QC, no problem, quality control, you know, we're going we're to buy this for this amount. Cool. And then they send them uh, a file over like, well, where's your m and &E track? You know, we can't yeah. sell this overseas without, you know, having uh, uh, subtitles, you know. You know, is this mastered in, in 5.1 audio because we need this for this and that and the other. All these things needs to be going into your plan as far as post-production goes and your budgeting. Otherwise, you've made a paperweight that can't actually be sold because it's not technically up to the standards of the distributors. Yeah. And that stuff you can't go back and do after the fact either. It needs yeah. to be done simultaneously with production. And it's usually audio that's going to screw someone up. Oh, yeah. Always. Always audio. That's why it's so hard to find great audio people. Always audio. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I just I mean, I, go, I just went through that with South of Central. Yeah. Dude, three, four, or five weeks of back and forth trying to get that audio fixed. Yeah. Yeah, and some markets only want subtitles, other markets want overdubbing. And in that case, you know, do you have the audio stems that you can provide the distributor as well? So they can go back and, and dub in the, the, the right uh, uh, the right vocals uh, for the characters that they're trying to sell. I mean, all these things needs to be done in advance and, and a lot of people just don't think about it. They're too busy making the movie and not thinking about how they're selling the movie. Yeah, you should think about how you're gonna sell it before you even make it. Hundred percent. Absolutely. Yeah. The marketability should be like the, the first thing you think of. Well, I, I always try to like think of like the poster. Yeah. Like, what's my poster going to look like, and how's that going to? Well, that's what sells a movie: your trailer yeah. and your poster. I mean, that's yeah. how. And the what is first the market? things people see? I, I hate yeah. it when I'm trying to like. It, the thing I hate most about being a filmmaker is when you talk to somebody who's maybe not that experienced, but maybe you're going to them for some financing or something. Or they're trying to sound overly experienced, and they're just like, "Well, what's your demographic, and what's your market, and what's it, uh, you know, who's it geared towards, and what's your, what's your, uh, you know, blah uh, blah 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 blah." And I'm just like, "Shut up! You don't know. First of all, you don't know what you're talking about. Second of all, it's a horror film. The market is 18 to 35 on everybody. You know, uh, you know. And then they're like, well, I read that in uh, in Romania.'" Uh, you know, you gotta have a blonde-haired girl in your boot. <laughs> it's like, what are you talking about? I don't know where I'm going with this. I'm just ranting at this. <laughs> That's what he does. But, you know. Uh, it's, it's, you know, it's funny, Joe, going back to what you said about investors, how, you know, the, the real investors never actually read the script. They just want to know what the ROI is. Yeah. Most uh, buyers are just going to look at the, the poster and who's attached. That's all they care about. Because yep. they, they know their own demographics well enough to say that, okay, that poster and these people attached to this movie are going to sell to this person, yep. and we'll get clicks from it. Yep. Uh, Netflix, Hulu, Amazon, they're no different than blockbuster video. People come in and they walk the wall. All they're looking at is is covers and who they recognize, uh, and they either click on it or they don't. Uh, no different. It's just a virtual space to do that now, and that's what buyers are looking at. Have a cool poster. Have actors that matter. And actors that matter are, are changing over time. Uh, remember, it's the old blockbuster technique of putting up someone's face in the poster, you know, they're in two seconds of the movie. Yeah. Yes, still win of the movie, 
Yeah, you put your money. So put your money where it's going to be the most effective. Right. Um, I mean, was, you know, uh, if you can get Eric Roberts for a day, not a, not a, you know, a, a well-known anyway, but someone's going to click on that because they recognize yeah. his face. Yeah. Worth it? Probably. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Eric Roberts. He's such a nice guy. He can get a couple of views. He can't remember lines, though. Well, he only needs to be in it for five minutes. So. <laughs> My buddy James just worked with him. You know James Blasimo? We just doubled. He did. <laughs> he's done a bunch of stuff. They have to. He's worked with him on two movies, and he was telling me that they have to literally stand off camera with cue cards. Oh my god! For all of his lines, because <laughs> he was in an accident like ten years ago that nobody knows about, and he doesn't. He can't remember shit anymore. Yeah, yeah. I had an actress like that before. We had to like literally hold a script in front of her. Well, face. that's an experience. And yeah. oh, she was supposed to experience. Oh, I know what you're talking about. I know what you're talking Bullshit, about. Bullshit, dude. I do. <laughs> I, to me, like on this level, on like <laughs> our level, when someone tells me their experience, I was there. We flew her in. No, we found her. I know. We flew her in and all this shit. I, well, I, I'm sorry. You know, we had you know we, nightmare. We had I don't know. Uh, um, I want to say we had 300 submissions for sorority. And uh, I extensively researched their background because you look at their like experience or you look at their training. Yep. You know, and because I, I, we wanted, we knew we had to shoot fast, and I, I wanted actors who knew their lines. Right. But not only that, I'm, I'm, I like kind of an open format. Uh, I don't mind you improving in the scene, but you need to at least get, get the point across. The point across of the scene. Yeah. Right. If the point is you have to say something. The point is, this line the context. has to say this. Yes. Because it's about this book or it's about this thing. Say that. If you can't even do the minimum on that, I, I don't want you around. Yeah. You know? I, I can't. We don't have time to afford the ability to teach you how to do the thing you already said you know how to do. Right. And nothing makes me more mad than when people come in and they want, like, for an audition, like, it'll say, wear jeans and combat boots for the audition. <laughs> I had a girl come in. She was in a mini skirt and stilettos, and because I was like, gonna "Follow direction." I was like, <laughs> "Ma'am, you're gonna have to fall down in this scene. I need you to fall down and do some shit." And then she's like trying to do it in a skirt. Her skirt comes all the way up. And you see her thong and shit. And I'm just like, "All right, this isn't." That's the the biggest thing that irks me is that when people say, "Well, I have plenty of experience." Right. Okay, dude. What's your training? <laughs> you know, because I've been training since 1995. So that's the thing. Like when I post on say Facebook and different groups for casting and I give them specific directions on how to submit their headshot. Yeah. And then they private message me or comment on the post. Yep. I'm like, you can't follow direction. Like, well, they're out. trying to take the back door in. Yeah. Well, that doesn't work. You know, the only way that's going to work is if I get your back door. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm totally kidding. I would never, ever. Fun fact, that's how I met Joe. <laughs> I'm out of here. <laughs> uh, so, uh, anyways, Tyler, what do you, the future of Tampa is looking good, though? Yeah, I mean, we're, we're going to continue to grow as a market as far as commercials go. Maybe the state gets its head out of its ass at some point, and... 
Uh, it's probably a good yeah. bet that'll happen the next five years, which seems like a maternity, but uh, things are trying to move that that way. And I think we're making some progress. Well, um, and I think digital filmmaking is sort of revolutionizing uh, the way productions film at the moment. And Florida is leading the way as far as digital screens go. When I'm saying digital screens, the LED volume studios, uh, the same technology that we use for the Mandalorian. So how though, um, does that affect us here in Tampa? Because I know that Lightwave or somebody has one of these giant... So, so Diamond View has right now the largest United States. Um, how they have that? That like work eight, eight or nine of these screens at the moment, and more popping up every day. But the technology is so new, and because of the pandemic, uh, supply chain has is, is made it easy to get a hold of these, just because the chipsets and the, the screens and everything else just are not getting to the United States in time. Uh, let alone the graphics cards and everything else you need to process them. Um, the fact that we adopted the technology, a lot of the studios in, in Florida did so early on, has made it now a destination filming place. So if you are a big budget movie and need to film somewhere, instead of or otherwise, you have to go where the technology is if you want to use this this particular way of filming. Yeah. And we have the studios, most places don't. That'll change over time, but I'd say we probably would jump start on the industry by a good two years at the moment. That's exactly how I feel with Sorority, because we managed to get funding and get a movie shot when everything took a break. Right. Yeah. The breaks got hit, and we kept going, and now that put us ahead, not far, eight months or so of other films, because next year when we release our movie, this year, October, when we release our movie, we're not going to have a lot of competition because everyone's still trying to play catch up, and the pandemic yeah. is still going. People are still no, it, 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 now. You know what kept filming during the pandemic? A lot of the reality shows. So yeah. someone was asking me the other day, it's like, why are we all these reality shows we're releasing right now? It's because production was interrupted for better part yeah. of two years. Yeah. So it was stuff that was either shot and been sitting on a shelf for two years, or it's reality shows. So you're just going to see a glut of these uh, being pushed out through various channels, streaming services, and networks, because that's all they have right now. So the fact that you shot something during the pandemic, Joe, you're not going to be up against much come October. That's, and thankfully, and I hope Tampa's planning on doing, like, I don't know, a special premiere for it, or maybe... Like, uh, I might know someone uh, who might be able to get in Tampa theater for a, for a premiere. <laughs> yeah, which would be fantastic. It's a perfect place to do it. I love the Tampa theater. Uh, I love Tampa. I love you, sir. You know, I want to see Tampa grow. Uh, I I want to make films here forever, you know? Well, um, you can consider it done as long as your distributor says yes. I can't tell you how many times I've reached out to distributors. It's like, it was shot in Tampa. No, we don't want to show it in Tampa. It's like, what the hell? Why? What the fuck you mean? Like, no way, wow. man. That's where I live, bro. Yeah. I want Tom Brady at my premiere. <laughs> I got his rookie card. I, I hope he it. stays with the Bucks uh, for another 10 years. It's good for my bottom line. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's good for my bottom, too. What? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, with the backdoor jokes. <laughs> yeah. He loves that backdoor joke. Well, he just loves the backdoor. That's how I get money. With that it said, Tyler, thank you for joining us on Killer Collab Podcast. My name is Tony Hufana, Tony B. As always, Chris Leto, Joe Davison. Tyler, thank you so much. Thank you, sir.